so if I am being totally honest, I really thought about phoning it in on at least one of these sermons this morning. Uh, not the least because I tried to teach my Wednesday night class over the phone to the high school kids, and I was like coughing, and it was, it was, it was not great. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. But um, I, I thought about it, and I was like, no. And I decided I, I really, I, I wanted to preach for, uh, for, a, few, for a few reasons. One uh, is because, I mean, I, I said I would, like it's my job. So I figure if, if, if I say I'm going to do something, I probably should. Uh, two is because I really I enjoy this, and I really, it's, it's crazy to me that you guys feel like I bring something of value uh, and that I can, you know, read the text and help you guys to understand it and live life uh, for God more fully. And that is uh, a trust that I really appreciate. And so it's really exciting to me that I get to do this. And so I, I wanted to do it. Um, but I think the final reason is the point of this whole entire sermon that I decided to preach this morning. And that is God can work with weakness. Uh, there are a lot of people in the Bible who have a lot harder things going for them than that they're recovering from COVID and that they're asked to do a whole lot more difficult thing than to speak for just a few minutes. And God can do amazing things with really ordinary people. And uh, that's kind of the point uh, that I would like for us to discuss just for this, this entire time. This, this is my only slide this morning. But I want us to look through some of the stories in Old Testament and New Testament, some great men and women of the Bible who did incredible things despite uh, being really weak. And the reason they were able to do those incredible things is because the power to do God's will, the power to do wonderful things for God is, does not rest in us. It's not based on our shoulders. It's God. And it's God working in us. And so I want to go through a few stories this morning and uh, then make some application to our lives for the challenges that we could take on uh, if we truly believe that God is capable of working in our weakness and uh, that weakness is no excuse. In fact, might even be an asset, uh, we will see uh, in our study. So let's begin in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4. We're reading some stories this morning I'm sure you guys are very familiar with, but worth reminding ourselves of. So here we find God speaking to Moses. He says, Moses, I want you to go speak to Pharaoh. Tell him to let my people go. And in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, Moses, he starts to make some excuses. It says, but Moses said to the Lord, Exodus 4, verse 10, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Here Moses says, God, I, I can't do this. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a speaker, and you're asking me to do something. I don't, feel, I don't feel adequate for it. And God says, Moses, I made your mouth, 
If I'm telling you to go do this thing, I expect that you can do it because if anyone knows, it's me, God, the one that made you. And so God tells Moses that he made Moses' mouth, that he will be with Moses and that he will give him the words he needs to speak. Next, we see in Exodus chapter 14 that here we find the children of Israel right here on the cusp of the Red Sea. This was in our reading this week. I, I love this story. And they're afraid because the Egyptians are chasing them. And the Egyptians are like really big. And the Israelites, I mean, they're actually fairly impressively sized, but still uh, no match for the Egyptians. And the Egyptians are chasing them and they're like, ah, oh, we're going to die. And then in verse 13 of Exodus 14, Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. This is an amazing story because we face battles. We face challenges all the time and we think, I can't do that. I'm not strong enough. And Moses is telling the Israelites, you don't have to be strong enough. This is God we're talking about. God will fight for you. He will fight. You just have to believe in him. And so Israel wins the battle, but it's God. It's always God. And it doesn't matter that Israel doesn't have the strength to face Egypt because God is on their side. And if God is on their side, then they will succeed <coughs> in the things God wants them to do. If we were to flip over then to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13, here we find the children of Israel again facing a difficult situation, a people much bigger than they feel like they can take on. They've just spied out the promised land and we get two conflicting reports. In Numbers 13, verse 30, says, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. We've got two people. One, someone like Caleb, who knows that God can work with weakness, who knows that weakness is not an excuse for you to not do the things that God calls you to do. And then you have the people of Israel who are looking at their strength and they're saying, we can't do this. And Caleb says, yes, we can. Because Caleb believes in God. Caleb believes that God can work with weakness. We've got judges. In Judges chapter 6, I love the story of Gideon. Because Gideon, we know, I mean, Gideon is an amazing guy. We think of him for this incredible uh, battle of like 300 men defeating hundreds of thousands. <coughs> and yet Gideon does not believe in himself at all. Gideon, chapter, uh, chapter 6 of Judges, verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Here we see 
Gideon, he says, God, I can't do this. I'm weak. My clan is weak. We, don't, we can't do this. And God says, go, I will be with you. And we know what happens. When God was with him, he was victorious. God can work with weakness. We go on and on. I could read you about Solomon, uh, who he was scared. He's like, God, I'm young. Please give me wisdom. And God did. We could talk about people like Daniel and Ezekiel, who God or the spirit or <coughs> an angel had to like stand up multiple times so he could receive the vision. Like all the time we have people called to do things and they, they feel weak. They feel like they can't do it. But I want to conclude this little section with two examples from the New Testament. One of them is Paul and the other one is Peter. Let's start with Peter. <coughs> in Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 4, we see a description of Peter. And I, I love this because when you think of Peter, you think of Paul, you think, man, these guys, they're going to get something done. I mean, these guys are amazing. They, I mean, just look at all the people converted, all of the lives transformed because of Peter and Paul. But when people look at Peter, uh, Peter and James, this is in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, sorry, John, um, and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized they had been with Jesus. Peter and John, I mean, pillar, like such important characters, so much that they did. And what were they? Common, uneducated men. And you think about all the excuses we can make. We say, ah, oh, you know, I, I can't do that. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just little me. I'm, so, I'm a common, uneducated man. So was Peter. And that didn't let Peter, it did not stop Peter. Uh, Paul gets a similarly uh, <coughs> unfavorable review. When in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians 10, this is what we read about Paul. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 10, it says, For they say his letters uh, are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is of no account. Now, that is not the kind of review that I would really want as a preacher, that my speech was of no account and uh, I was bodily weak. Uh, we, like, this is, but, and yet we see that didn't stop Paul. I mean, Paul did amazing things. And yet these two people, we think Peter and Paul, people who did such incredible things, common un uneducated man, weak speech. Uh, or what does this say? <laughs> Uh, weak bodily presence, speech of no account. Like, but that didn't stop them. But why? Because God can work with weakness. We don't have to bring huge Herculean strength to the table. We don't have to bring, you know, this amazing rhetoric. Like, God can work with weakness. <coughs> In fact, I want us to think specifically about Paul and Peter because, in fact, not only... It, can God work with weakness? But in some cases, it is even advantageous for God to work with weakness because when God is working with weakness, it is clear the power comes from God and not with man, not from man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul is talking about how God calls not all the powerful, not all the, the greatest people on earth, but the weak, the humble people. And Paul says, that's how I preach too. Paul says in 
1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. He says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling in my speech. And my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He says, when I came and I preached to you, I didn't bring crazy rhetoric. I wasn't the greatest orator in the world. (coughs) I was generally unimpressive. But when amazing things happened, it was obvious it's not me. It's not me. It's God. The power rests in God all alone. This was so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is the way that Paul believed. And Paul, when he's fighting uh, against the the super apostles in 2 Corinthians, he talks about his sword in the flesh because they boast in (coughs) incredible things and all of their feats of strength and that kind of thing. But Paul says, here's what I boast in, okay? Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and 9 he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that, I, that it should leave me. That being his uh, thorn in the flesh. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Paul understands that his Weakness is an opportunity for God to be glorified. And that's how he sees it. And that is how he lives. It's amazing. You can see in uh, 1 Timothy, he talks about his former life. He says, God chose me as the chief of sinners because if God can transform me, he can transform anybody. Paul believed that about himself. Paul showed himself in all of his weakness as an opportunity, as a blank slate for God to work on, maybe even a negative slate if that's possible, for God to work on (coughs) to create something beautiful because it was obvious then that it was God who had the power, God who was owed the glory, and not Paul. Listen, God can work with weakness. (coughs) We don't need to let the things in this life that would seem to be an impediment to us be an excuse because God can work with that. God can do amazing things because it's God we're talking about. And we are just vessels, just channels for God to be working in. And so if we start to look at ourselves and we say, ah, oh, you know, I'm just a common un- uneducated man. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm weak, I'm too young, I'm too old, I don't know enough. Like, we can make excuses, we can. But that... <coughs> It's not what these people did. That's not what we're called to do. God can work with weakness. God can make beautiful things out of weak people. And if we keep making excuses, we are going to lose opportunities to serve God. I saw this really, uh, this was really driven home to me. A couple summers ago, I was visiting a congregation. And when it came time for the preaching to happen, Uh, there was a guy in the audience and he was like helped up to the stage by two other people and he was like set down and I realized this guy is blind but here he is preaching out of his braille bible turning and I was thinking to myself like how much harder it would be for him to like get good 
Bible materials, to do the study, to write his you know, outline, to make eye contact. Like, so many things were so much more difficult for this guy. But he chose to preach. And I was thinking, like, how many people would have let so much smaller things keep them from doing something good for the Lord? And yet this guy, who had all of these difficulties, chose to do this because I guess he believed it was important and he believed that God would let him do it. And I remember that to this day. It made an impression on me. And so I want us to be people who recognize that God can work with weakness. That at times we're going to seem like we're not able to, we're not up to the task. But God can do amazing things. So we're talking kind of abstractly. So let me give you guys... Some examples. What are some things that God could do with you? Well, we've been talking about preaching, so I guess I should start there uh, in my uh, short in my my list of things. So maybe you're sitting out there. I've had a lot of people come and be like, you know, Brent, you know, I, I don't think I could do uh, preaching. Like I, I get scared, or uh, you know, it just it would just take me forever, and I, I wouldn't be very good at it. Let me just tell you. Um, so sometimes, you know, I, I put a lot of work into preaching. You know, it's kind of my job. But th- there are some sermons where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be really, really great. And then there are some sermons I'm like, ah, you know, I, that, that one didn't go so well. <coughs> but I've lost count of the times when a sermon I was like, ah, that didn't go so well. People have come up to me and they're like, Brent, that was really, really impactful. And I'm like, that, that, that was not me, okay? Some, there is some, some power power of God working, and it's not me, okay? He is working in my weakness to create something beautiful. That, that's not me. And maybe it is true. I mean, that, that if, you, if you tried to, to preach, it wouldn't be you know, a, that good. I don't, I don't know what, what to say about that. But I'm telling you that God can work with anybody to accomplish Beautiful things, and that the power is in the text. The power is in God's word, in the spirit. It's not about you. It's not about the messenger. It's about God. God can work with weakness. He can make beautiful things with weakness. And so if you're sitting there and you're like, man, you know, I really like to preach, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think I could do that. Believe that God could do something beautiful with that. Similarly, this is my my, the other thing on my, my list of stuff you could do that's kind of a man-specific thing, sorry, women, um, you could grow into an elder. And this is uh, kind of an interesting sort of thing to suggest. But I, I, I've thought about this in the sense, I, I don't talk a lot about elder qualifications just because you know, I'd rather let Jacob do that. But um, one of the things that I think is very impressive about the early church is if you look in the book of Acts, chapter 14. Acts, chapter 14. You're going to notice something about Paul's first missionary journey. And that is that on Paul's first missionary journey, Paul goes to Antioch of Pisidia, and then he goes to Iconium, then Lystra, then he gets stoned at Lystra, then he goes to Derby, And then from Derby. He returns to all of the congregations he's already been to. And this is what it says. Verse 21 of Acts 14. When he had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, 
strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with power and fast, prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. This is what I see here. Paul goes through these towns, creates churches, and then in less than a year, he comes back and appoints elders in those churches. Now, were some of them already Jews who knew the law? Probably. Were some of them already men who were, you know, hospitable, who had, you know, children under control? Probably. I mean, I'm not saying that these these qualifications just came out of scratch and that they were totally able to materialize into full-grown, mature Christians in a year. But I am saying that God is capable of working in your life and transforming you into a strong, qualified man, probably a lot faster than you are, uh, than you believe that to be the case. And if you are sitting there thinking, man, I, one day I'd really like to be an elder, okay? But you know, I've got this anger problem. I, I, just, I don't know if I, can, if I can handle that. Or, you know, I'm just not that hospitable. Listen, the Bible shows us that God is capable of transforming us. We're told in Galatians chapter 5 that if we're led by the Spirit, that we will not be led by the flesh. That, we're, that God is capable of giving us strength to overcome that. We're told in Ephesians chapter 3 that the power that is at work within us is far beyond anything we could imagine. That if we trust God to take our negative traits and, and transform us, then God is capable of maturing you into service and leadership in a remarkably small amount of time. But that's not just true for eldership. I mean, it's true for every, these last little bits. It's true for everybody. That if you have sin in your life and you're like, I don't know if I can overcome that. You know, I'm, I'm working on maturity, but it's, it's just believe that God is capable of working with weakness. He can do it. It's incredible. So now having put aside the man specific things, let's talk about everybody. You can share the gospel with somebody. You can. I know it seems daunting. It's like kind of embarrassing sometimes. You're like, God, do you want to talk about Jesus? Like, but, but trust me, God is capable of that. I want you to think about just a few examples of people in the Bible who share the gospel with their friends. And uh, it's amazing to me. Think John 9, okay? This guy, his, his message is, I was blind, but now I see. John chapter 5, there's a guy who said, look, I couldn't walk. And then this guy came and said, walk. And so now I'm walking around. We've got Mark chapter 5, the Gerasene demoniac, who just went and told people what God did for him. We've got Mark chapter 1, the leprous man who could not keep the message of God's transformation in his life a secret. He had to go tell other people. We've got John chapter 4, the woman at the well, who said, come and see this man who told me everything I've ever done. That we might look at our lives and say, look, I, I, don't, I don't know enough yet to, to, to share the gospel with somebody. Or, you know, I'm just, this is not that, that's just not the kind of person I am. But I'm, I'm telling you. God can work with weakness. Whether you've been a Christian for you know, five days or five decades, God can use you to share the gospel with somebody else because God can work with weakness. Uh, there's a passage I love in, in the book of Colossians. Uh, Colossians, this is Paul talking about his, uh, his ministry effectively. And in Colossians chapter four, he tells 
the saints to pray for him. Colossians 4, verse 2. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of God on account of which am I in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. He says, pray for me that I have opportunity to preach the word and that when I have those opportunities, that I make it clear like I ought to. I think that's an amazing prayer. I think we should all be praying that. That God would give us opportunities and that when he gives us those opportunities, we can make the gospel clear. I think that's amazing. And I think that's all something that we are capable of because God can work with weakness. He can take you and he can do amazing things with you. You might be looking at your life and think, you know what, I'm just, I'm not sure you know, I can, I can teach a Bible class. I'm not sure I can be a parent. I'm not sure that I can, you know, understand this, this difficult text in the Bible. Listen, if you want to serve God and you say, this is a ministry in which I want to be involved. And you say, God, I want you to take me and make me capable of doing this. Make me work, work in your service. God can do amazing things with you. Now, so that I'm not misunderstood. Let me make clear. I am, I'm not saying that there is there's no value in you know, working hard, no value in, in improving your skills. Again, you know, my, my job is to sit and study the Bible. I don't just like get up here and, and wing it. Uh, I went to school to study how to study the Bible. Like, I, I think it's incredibly important that we take time to, to grow our skills, to work hard, to, to overcome Weakness. However, let me just say that God works with us in amazing ways. He works with weakness, and he does so through all of our lives. I want you to think about uh, Moses, going back to Moses, for example. So Moses says, God, I, I, I don't feel capable for this task. And yet if you look at Moses' life, God has been preparing him for the first 40 years of his life to lead a people. I mean, he's studying with Pharaoh, probably, law and how to rule people. And you think about that, and you think, look, God has been, has been preparing Moses for this his whole life. You think about Paul. Paul, who, again, you know, he may have been uh, weak in his, in his speech, but that man knew the Bible better than probably anyone alive today. That God, can, God uses our weakness, but he also can help us grow through our past. It's amazing. So all that to say, God can work with weakness. God can do incredible things with you wherever you are. And God can take you and transform you and help you to grow. But he doesn't have to wait for you to grow to be able to use you. And so if you are out here this morning and you're thinking, man, I'd, I, I'd really like to serve God. I'd really like to, to teach this class. I'd really like to you know, convert this neighbor. Then I want you to pray about that. I want you to trust God. I want you to understand that God can work with weakness. He's done it before. He's done it many, many times, and he can do it for you today. Thank you so much for your attention. We'll now be dismissed to class.